scrambled around this morning at 6.30 and found a shirt that fit me. So, I, <laughs> so I had, I've had many good things to do because that. But if you want to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22, and I want to share with you where this message was birthed from. It was back in June the 31st of this year. came from. If you want to turn to Matthew chapter 22, and we'll get started in the Word. But back in June, or let me reverse back up a little further than that, back in the late spring of this year, I was praying about um, uh, a job situation. And anyways, I was praying about it, and I went and, and interviewed for a job and that kind of thing. And, that, and I was in this hotel this night on June the 31st. And, and I just submitted in my heart to, to God when I was in this hotel room. And I said, God, you know, I really don't care about being successful, I really don't care about having a bunch of money. I really don't care about, you know, all these things that that we tend to get caught up in in our lives and they they hinder our relationship with God a lot of times and they have even in my own mind. Anyway, I just said this to God and as soon as I said that to God, it was just like he just downloaded this into me, this this message that I'm fixing to share with you about Matthew chapter twenty two. And the title of the message is 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 just God's love for us, and God loving us, and being able to receive that. And in my own life, I've heard that said a million times. I couldn't even count the amount of times it's been said to me through a message or through through a podcast or however I've heard it. I've heard that people say that God loves you, and I've heard John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that who should ever believe in shall not perish, but would have everlasting life. And we've all heard that passage many times. But for me, even though I had heard it many times, I didn't I didn't have it in my heart. I didn't have a revelation of it. And for whatever reason, in this motel room in Colorado, in Springfield, Colorado, on June the 30th, about 6 o'clock in the evening, God just showed me how much he really loved me. And in Romans 5, 8, it says that Christ died for us while we were still yet a sinner. And in this point in my life, I've been doing some, uh, I've been doing some sins. In my category, I, I categorize sin maybe different than y'all do. Overeating is a sin for me, but some people don't see that as a sin. This is a bad time for bring that up, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that wasn't the sin, but I've been just not living to the standards that I've been raised in and the, and the things that I really believe, my core beliefs. And so I was struggling with relating to God and to my relationship with God for about two years, almost two years. And it was a, it was a big deal to me. Because my relationship with God has always been the first thing in my life. I've always put it above everything else. And for approximately two years, I wasn't doing that. And he who knows it's good doesn't do it. It's sin. And anyways, I wasn't doing some things that I really knew that I should be doing in my life. And this is when God just spoke to me. And, and this is one of many passages that I'm going to read to you this morning. Out of Matthew chapter 22, and verse 37. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all of your soul and with all your mind. He said in verse 38, This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And again, for me, I've heard that multiple times. That that's the greatest commandment that we should love God. And that we should, we should serve God. We should love other people. We love ourselves and all these kinds of things. And but it just wasn't penetrating my heart. You ever had anything like that? You've heard it, heard it, heard it. But it wasn't getting into your heart. And for me, this is how I, the example, the best example for me is for me to, to love God. You know, it's hard to love somebody who doesn't love you back, isn't it? You ever try to just reach out to somebody 
and you reach out a hand, you bring back a nub. And because of wherever they're at in life, maybe they've had some hard things in their life. But the way I can relate to it, I remember going to LA on to Skid Row. We went down over there on a, a mission trip. Um, anyways, we went down to Skid Row, maybe you're probably familiar with that. And we were down there loving people. We really, I really genuinely love these people, even though I didn't know them. But they didn't know how much I loved them, so it was hard for them to receive it. A lot of them would reject us, they would cuss us, they would do, they were smoking marijuana, which is legal now in Oklahoma, I guess, but it was, uh, <laughs> see, uh, my cat, I categorize them way different than the world does. But anyway, they were doing all these things because they didn't really know our purpose there. They didn't know that we really, truly loved them. We really flew three hours and spent $2,000 and did all these things to to come just love on them in the middle of nowhere, or not in the middle of nowhere, but in the middle of somewhere we didn't know. We didn't, we've never been to LA, we've never been to California. I don't plan on going back either, but this was, <laughs> but the people are people no matter where we go. And this is how it works for us in our lives. We're not going to be able to love God and love other people until we know how much He really loves us. Yeah. And that's where I've arrived at on this in, in my own life is I've been just learning how much God's really loves me. I want to turn over to Romans chapter 5. Well, I want to show you another passage that I just quoted, but I want to read it in, in verse 5 with it too. Here. <laughs> that, that we really, how important it is for us to know God's love for us, how important it is in our everyday life, how much it really affects us. We can't, we can't love people um, the way that God really intended for us to love them if we're not having accepted God's love for us and we haven't accepted that. And again, many of you are probably in the same boat as these, you've heard it many times. You've heard people say that God loves you, and you've seen it on a sticker on your car or, or wherever you've seen it, and you've had all these things revealed to you, but you haven't got it in your heart. And that's what I want to do today. In Romans chapter 5 and in verse 5, he says, But now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. He says here that now hope does not disappoint. And then he says, because, this is why, how many of you ever got your hopes up or something? Anybody ever had that? Got your hopes up? A few of us. I've had mine up a few times and I got disappointed. But he says here that now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. You know why you're disappointed a lot of times in your life? It's because you're hoping in the wrong thing. You've got your hope in a, a house selling. You've got your hope in getting a new car. you got your hope in a relationship, an earthly relationship. Or you got your hope in... Pastor gave a man to saying the right things and treating you exactly like you want to be treated, or whatever the case may be. You got your hope in man, and you're disappointed all the time. That's where you've heard people say that. This is why they get disappointed. But the Bible says here that hope does not disappoint. It says hope doesn't disappoint. And we say it all the time. But I was, I got my hopes up, and got disappointed. If you didn't have Bible hope, you didn't have hope in the truth of God and really His love for you. And when you know God's love for you, and when you know how much He really loves you, you can get your hopes up, and you can have, you can get them up, and they're not going to get broken. You know, they're not going to, you're not going to be disappointed when you hope in, in godly things, when you hope in the things that God has even uh, led you to, and, and put in your heart to, to do the things that He's He's leading you in a direction. That's why many people in their lives they just go from job to job, and situation to situation, and they're disappointed because they. They're not following God's leading in their life and they're disappointed over and over. And he says here that, that hope will not disappoint us because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. And I'll read on to verse 6. 
He says, for when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. He says in verse 8, but God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more having been being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, and much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And a lot of us, I think this is, seems elementary to us, maybe, <coughs> but it's not. This is this is something that a lot of people that have been Christians for many years still have. I've been a Christian for many years. I've studied. I did all these things to help myself to learn about God, if you will, for lack of better terms, to to experience God and went to conferences and all these things. <coughs> but until you really have that personal one-on-one relationship with God that you really know that he's got your back no matter what you've done. And he said that while we were yet a sinner, while I was doing things that were ungodly, while I was while I was doing drugs, while I was drinking, while I was fornicating, while I was whatever, these are all Bible words, so don't, 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 don't. <laughs> <laughs> while I was doing all these things in my life, and I'm not just saying it myself, I don't think I'm doing all those things, but <laughs> while you were doing them, while you were lying, <laughs> that just came out. It's out there, you can't get it back. While all of us we God still loved us right in the middle of our sin, right in the middle of our shortcomings, right in the middle of, of our um, if we're lying to people. If we're, I just watched a movie this weekend, it was about this um, car salesman that got born again. And that was a miracle, of course. But and uh, anyways, he was talking about you know how they lied. And, you know, we got a lot of car. <laughs> 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 anyways, he was going through this whole spill of this car selling, and, and then he found God, and, and you know he started doing his business right and doing all these kind of things. And, and anyways, he God just met him right there. It didn't matter what he was doing. It didn't matter that he was lying. It didn't matter that he was cheating. It didn't matter that he was doing all those things in his life, it just he just received it. God just showed up and just and just downloaded into him. And God really loved him no matter what. And you know Jesus, he he ate with sinners. He ate with the IRS. He ate with tax collectors. I don't even like to mention the IRS But God ate with them. He went and ate he didn't eat with all the church people, all the pastors, all the you know, he didn't go to the green room and and gather with all the church leaders and do all this stuff. He went out to the people that were sinners. Yeah. He went out to people that, that didn't know, people that were maybe even rejected him at one time in their life, and people that didn't didn't love him back. <coughs> because he knew that, that they're not going to love him until he shows them his love for them. And that's what, again, happened to me a, a few months ago in my own life, that Jesus, he showed me this. And, and again, I knew a lot of things about the Bible and about God, and been in church my whole life, had seasons that I wasn't serving God, of course. But I never got this until I was 35 years old. I was only 34 at the time, but I was 34 years old when I got this. And it took me my whole life to get this. And I think I can give it to you today in, in 30, 15 minutes and 44 seconds. Oh, <laughs> I only have 18 more scriptures to share, so we'll try to get to this. But in Ephesians chapter 3, we better get on with this. Um, we run out of time. Ephesians chapter 3. This is um, 
something that is, um, I don't think you'll walk away with a full revelation of this, but then you might, and that would be great. But this is something that, that I think describes God's love for us and his, his love for his people all together. And in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14, it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm, uh, I've been fighting off a cold, or uh, whatever you want to call it, and it's uh, bothering me, so I believe that. First Peter 2, 24 says, If I eat drops, I will heal. healed. So Amen. I receive that. Anyway, we're in Ephesians, though, 3.14. <laughs> For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in your hearts, through faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. It says in verse 19, to know the love of Christ, <coughs> which passes knowledge. How do you know something that passes knowledge? You have to have a revelation of it. You have to know it by, by God downloading it into you. You can't just get it even from reading just the Bible. You can read the Word, so you can get it, get it into you that way. But God has to use His Holy Spirit to get it into your, into your heart. <coughs> and He says in verse 18, May He able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now here's your refrigerator scripture. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now how is, how is God going to use me in my life? How is he going to, how am I going to do all these, how is he going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond all I could ever ask, think, or imagine? I'm going to have to know how much he loves me. Because, you know, I'm not going to step out and do things that God lead me to do if I don't think he's got my back. No. And if I don't think he's going to back me up when he tells me to do something. You ever had somebody that, that tricked you to do something and they were just tricking you, giving you a hard time maybe? <coughs> but they they got you to do it anyway, so you, of course you lost trust in them. But God's not like that. And he's, right. he said that I'm... In James, he said that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. And John 10, 10 says that he said, I'm the good shepherd. I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. And when you know that, you can receive God's love for you. But for me, the height and the depth and the length of it, it's kind of like the ocean. Have you ever been to the ocean? Everybody been to the ocean, most of you? And it's better described if you've been in a boat on the ocean. If you've been in a boat and you get in a boat, I've never been in one, but I've been on the ocean on the the uh, place up there where all the sands at, what they call it, the beach. And uh, that's it. So I haven't been very many times. But when I'm sitting on the beach, I can look out into the ocean and it looks like it, the end of it's out there maybe a mile or two or something like that. And then if you, but if you get in a boat, you go out there and you get to that, that seemingly it was the end. And then it just keeps going. And then you get to that end and it keeps going. And you get to that end and it keeps going. And it keeps going and going. And for me, the, the depth of God's love is kind of like the ocean. You get out there to, to one level of it or to one sphere of it, however you want to put that, and then there's just more. And then you get out to that and then there's just more. And then you get out to that and it's even more. And it's talked about this in, in Ezekiel too, I think, when the people went out into the water, they went out to their ankles and they went out to their knees and they went out to the chest. And I believe it's describing that God's love for us is there's no depth to it. There's no length to it. There's no end to it at all. Did you know that, like I said in John 3.16, that 
that, that God loves the world. Did you know that he loved Hitler? And that he loved people like that? Now, Hitler most likely wasn't born again. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. But he loved him just like he loves you. And he loves Pastor Gabe, Gabe's pastor in the church. And he loves me. And he loves, he loves us evenly. God's not biased. He's not picking people because they do things for him. He's not... He's not loving one person more because they, you know, they sin less or they they smoke don't smoke cigarettes or whatever the case may be. God loves us all evenly, and He loves us all the same. And there's no depth to it, and there's no link to that love that He has for us. And that's that's where we have to to arrive in our hearts with God <coughs> if we want to really have a a deep relationship with Him. And it's sad to say, even in my own life, a lot of our relationships with God are very shallow and surface level because we don't know. We really don't know. I'm going to go to First John chapter 4 as the clock rolls on. And I want to share some more things with you in First John chapter 4 because these are things that, that this is how you're going to love God with all of your heart, your soul, and your mind is knowing how much he loves you. And until you get that, you're not going to be able to love. How many of you have ever struggled with loving God when you had a problem in life? Yeah. Everybody had a problem? Yeah. I've had problems. I've had disappointments. I've had setbacks. I've had, you fill in the blank. It could be worse, but I've had things that weren't good in my life. And and in those times, sometimes I question God, God's love for me. Or if, Where are you at, God? Why is all this bad stuff happening to me? And I'm telling you, you need to know that he loves you no matter what. And this will erase some of those doubts that you have when you go through bad times in your life. And you'll quit questioning, is God doing this to me? No, he's not. He said, I'm a good chef. Yeah. He said, I've come to give you life and give you more money. Yeah. And again, he said in James that, that uh, every good and perfect gift comes from God. And if you go around life thinking that, that God's causing sicknesses and God's causing this and causing that in your life, you're never going to love God, I promise you. You're not going to love somebody like that. Who would love anybody? Did you know for somebody for you that are married, if your husband came home and beat you every day and, and did all these things to you and, or whatever he was doing to you, you're not going to love him. It's just, we're made to love people that love us back. And that's just how we're wired and how we're designed. And again, that's why we don't love God a lot of times if we can't trust him. Because we really don't know how much he really loves us when he's leading us to do something, take a big step of faith or, or whatever it is. And the Bible says in Galatians 5, I think, and maybe verse 16, maybe somewhere else, but maybe it's in Genesis, I don't know. <laughs> it says, um, don't put that on, I don't lost my train of thought. <laughs> that faith works by love. And the only way that I can really trust God is to know that he loves me. That's the only way I can have faith for anything in my life. That's the only way I can have faith for healing in my body. That's the only way I can have faith to, to make big decisions in my life is knowing that God really loves me. That's the only way faith will work in my life. And if you want to turn over to First John chapter 4, um, this is how we, we know God. And this is, this is, this is something that, um, this is actually a hard scripture for me to even digest. And I haven't fully digested it yet. But in First John chapter 4, and in verse 7, he said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. He said, if, if, you, if, you, if you don't love people, if you don't love 
people around you, you don't know God. And I don't think it's talking about being born again. And I'm not going to say it is or it isn't, but I'm going to say you don't know him. You don't have a relationship with him. You don't love people. You don't have a true relationship with him. You might go to church and you might do all these things. And, see, I'm not the pastor. I can say things like this. And it's no big deal. I can get away with it. But we, we, don't, we don't know God if we, if we really don't love people. Yeah. And it's a true test. Love is a true test of our hearts. Where we're really at with God and our relationship with God. How we relate to people. That's the test for our relationship with God in everyday life. And I'm not saying I walked this out perfectly. I, there's some, I had a situation in the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to go into detail because I have six minutes and 46 seconds. This guy called me on the phone, man. I wanted to just punch him in the mouth. But he was on the phone, so I couldn't reach him. Anyways, um, I'm not walking this out perfectly. I'm not living this out perfectly. But I, but I know that I know what the word says, and I know that they keep it to heart when it says this. And he said this: He does not love, does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God is, was manifested toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. Listen to this. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Again, but you can't love one another if you don't know that God loves you. He said, if God so loved us, then we can love one another. And that's where I'm coming from with what I was sharing at the beginning. Is you just need to go home and pray and ask God to reveal it to you. Maybe you have to go on a trip, maybe you have to get in your vehicle. I don't know what you gotta do to do it. Whatever it takes to really seek God and find out what He's really saying to you in your life. And I promise you, this is something that, that you can't just pass by. You can't just skip love and go on to the other things in Christianity and other things in church and other things yeah. in your walk with God. you gotta, you got to get this first. Yeah. And even though, again, I'm getting it a little late in life, um, but I'm getting it, and I promise you, until you want, until you can, you can't move forward in, in the, the kingdom of God, if you will, until you get this, this, this thing, this love, knowing that God really loves you. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I'll turn there. I know I have a lot of scriptures, but I actually had a dream last night. I had a couple of dreams. I'm only going to share one of them. But um, it, I had a dream that I got there to preach and didn't use the Bible. And I woke up terrified. I thought, man, that's horrible. So I got like 12 scriptures here today. So we ain't doing that. I'm not going to do those but I don't know. The, the, the Bible was just told me something that just, just stuck with me, something that I could relate to in life. And I'm not really a book smart person, if you will. I'm more of a practical person, more of a hands-on, hands-on training, if you will, uh, on-the-job training. But for me, the, the Bible has just always been something that I always just ran to, no matter what happened. I don't really. I've shared this before. I don't really pray a lot. I've gotten better at that. But I always just go to the Word because it's just it's just right there in black and white for me, and it seems simple for me to get. But in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, this is the marriage or the wedding scripture, of course. But he says here, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could. Remove mountains. How many of y'all moved any mountains lately? Why well, not have that? But have not love, I am nothing. So he said, I can, I can prophesy, 
I could be the smartest person on the planet. I could move the mountain. I could speak to that time clock to stop um, in Jesus' name. And I could do all these things, but if I'm not doing it in love, it, I'm done. It probably means nothing. It doesn't mean nothing. You know, Jesus said, these people kept, they got to heaven, he told them, I'm never doing it. And he said this to people when they came to heaven, when, they, when it was time for them to go to heaven. Because it's really important, our motivation on what we do and how we do things. You know, you can serve, you can hand out hot dogs, you can do whatever, most people are, you can do all these things. And if you're doing it for show, it means nothing. It's profiting it's nothing. And it's not helping the kingdom of God advance. It's not helping nobody. It's not helping you. It's, you're deceiving yourself. And it's not healthy for you. And this is what love is. This basically is the definition of love. Now, while we've talked about love for the last few minutes, but this is the definition of love. And remember, First John chapter four it said that God is love. And He said, "And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have no love, it profits me nothing." Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. And remember, it said that God is love. So it says here that. You can even change it to this. That God suffers long. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not parade himself. God's not puffed up. You know, God's not trying to show out. And he's not trying to, you know, Jesus was born in a manger. I mean, he wasn't trying to, he was humble. He, he, he loved me. He wasn't trying to come in on it. He could have came in on a cloud. He could have done all these things and showed everybody who he was. But he chose to show me who he was in a in an old motel room in Springfield, Colorado, a little bitty town, the, the small town that I'm from. And he chose an insignificant place to a lot of people to show me something that was a big deal to me. It changed my life forever. I'll never be the same from that from that moment that I had in that motel room. And that's how God is. He he doesn't parade stuff. He doesn't you know make a big show of things. People do that. And that's, we're not walking in love when we, when we do that. When we make a big, big show and try to show ourselves out. My grandma used to call it showing out. She said, you're just showing out over there, Aaron. Anyway, so I went from grandma. And he says, uh, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love will endure. See how important love is in your life? It's very, you can't endure things in your life without knowing God loves you and without us loving other people. This is the importance of it. And it's not puffed up. It's not all these things. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. And this is, again, this is the definition of love. If we're walking in love, this is how we, we do it. We, we're not puffed up. We're not envious of other people. We're not doing all these things that are in the flesh. And I think many of us have been confused about love, and, and including myself, that we think love is this emotion. We think love is this feeling that I have because somebody's attractive or because a, an opportunity is attractive or a car is a nice car, we feel we have an emotion come to us when we see something nice that we want. But I'm telling you, that's not necessarily love. That's just an emotion. That's just a feeling. And there can be some love involved in that. I'm not saying there's not. But love is not, it's not puffed up. It's not envious. It's not rude. 
If you're being rude to people, you're not walking in love. And this is something that, again, you're not going to be able to to walk these things out, to, to not be rude to people, to, to not be puffed up, to not do these things until you really know that God died for me while I was still being sick. While I had no reason for him to die for me, he shouldn't have died for me. I wouldn't die for you. I wouldn't die for the best person in here. Forget that. You got things to do. <laughs> but I ain't God. Thank God I'm not. Because we'd get a mess if I was God. But God's, God's different. And I think a lot of times we relate to God on relationships that we've had on earth. Maybe some broken relationships we've had on earth. And we think, well, that's how God is because this person was a, a pastor. This person was a worship leader. This person was a deacon or, or whatever. The case they may not even been in the church. And a lot of times we accredit that to God, that that's the way God is, because that person is a godly person, and they have a title that says they're a godly person, and now I feel like God is that way. And I think that's where sometimes we get messed up in our thinking and thinking that, well, if that's how they're true, that must be how God is. And it's just simply not true. That's why you have to go to the Word of God and take it for face value, and that will teach you and train you what God is really like. And I promise you, once you find out what He's like, you can't have the love. You can't have the love. You can't even stop it. It'll be so strong. It'll be so powerful for you in your life. That you just can't help but help people. And you can't help but just love God with all of your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor and yourself. I promise you, it'll become easy. It'll become something that was once hard. It'll be turned into something that's easy. And as the worship team comes up, I want to just conclude with this. That, that if you've been struggling with Maybe you don't think God loves you because you've done this, because you've done that. Then maybe you've been coming to church your whole life. Maybe you, like me, I've been in church my whole life. And and I've done things that weren't right, and I've said things that weren't right, and I behaved rudely, and I didn't suffer long, and I didn't do all these things. But just remember that in all of that, while I was still yet a sinner, if Christ, he died for me. If I was the only person on the planet, he would have still died. He would have still came, and he still would have went 33 years, and he would have died for me. He would have died. No matter if I was the only person. And once you receive that in your heart, once you once you get that knowledge, that, that passes knowledge, that God really loves me no matter what, it's, it's revolutionary to your life. It'll change your life. It'll change the way you look at people. You know, I haven't had any really... Outward things change. I haven't got you know a lot of things in my outward change. Of course, you can look at me. I grow a beard and he grow a few pounds, but that's not the thing that's changed. But on the inside, I know my heart has changed drastically from what it was three, four, five, six months ago. And I love God more than I did him because he showed me how much he loved me. And I promise you that this will change your life. This is not just a patch on the back make you feel good. This is life. This will change how you approach your job. This will change how you approach life. This will change how you raise your kids. This will change how you do ministry. This will change how you do everything in your life. When you know that God loves me, and no matter what I do, no matter what I've done, no matter what I'm going to do, He knows what you're going to do tomorrow. But He still loves you, just like you are. He gave you up today. You just got to accept that. Pray that God would 
give you a revelation of this love for your life and that you can be changed when you need to be changed. Father, we thank you today for your words, Father. You said your word was settled in heaven. We pray that it's forever settled in our hearts, Father. That when you die for us, we, we pray that that would be in our hearts today. That would be something that, that would get in our mind, our soul, and our spirit, Father. We can, we can know your love and pass the knowledge today, Father. And we just thank you for that today. And with all your heads still bowed and your eyes closed, I want to ask, is there anybody in here that has never accepted Jesus into their life? Anybody give the dedication? Well, I just want to bless you and thank you, Father, for today and this opportunity to share your word, Father. We thank you for today. Jesus.